Before we get into this episode of Relatively Prime, I want to take a few seconds to tell y'all about one of the coolest puzzles I have ever seen, Curvahedra. The brainchild of Edmund Harris, who you may know from multiple episodes of this show, and without whom, honestly, Relatively Prime couldn't exist. Curvahedra is a construction puzzle system, which can be used to create a bunch of different 3D structures from identical pieces, all of which link together without the aid of glue or tape. It's truly one of the best ways I have ever seen to communicate the awesomeness of three-dimensional geometry. Now, if you want to find out more about Curvahedra, or more reasonably, just want to give Edmund your money so that you can have one of your own, all you have to do is head over to Curvahedra.com. That's C-U-R-V-A-H-E-D-R-A.com. I promise you won't regret it. Now, on to the show. This is Relatively Prime, resources in the mathematical domain. I am Samuel Hansen. We spend a lot of time talking on this program about mathematicians and their research, but it's been a really long time since we've talked about an absolutely integral part of how people end up becoming mathematicians and doing that research, which is mathematics teachers. After all, if there were no math teachers, then who would first tempt us into the world of mathematics with wondrous things like factoring, which is really totally what got me hooked. Hey, don't look at me like that. I just love a good difference of two squares quadratic. This cap in coverage is why I called up... You can call me uh, Joe Morgan, math teacher. Joe wasn't always a math teacher. She started out working as an analyst at investment banks in England. Going from an analyst to a teacher is an interesting career trajectory. And the way it came about is interesting too. Joe had agreed to give a career talk at a local school in order to pad her CV. But at the end, something happened. They all put up their hands and asked me questions that made me realize that teenagers ask really good questions. And teenagers are, are a, a nice group of people to spend time with because they said things that surprised me and that excited me and that made me realize they were really smart and had all this potential. And I literally went back to work and sat down at my desk and thought, wow, that, that, was, that was a really interesting day. I feel different to how I usually feel. I had this little buzz. You know, I, I, felt, this, I felt this kind of job satisfaction I'd not felt before. And, and that was it. And then off I went and, and found out how to become a teacher. So Joe left banking and studied to become a teacher. Her first placement was at a rather selective school where students needed to pass a test in order to get in. This type of student lent itself to what I tend to think of as a traditional style of mathematics education. We were very um, textbook driven and, you know, we could pretty much just sort of explain something for, for, for five minutes and then give the students a textbook and they'd work for for a good 40 minutes, absolutely fine, sort of independently. After about five years at this first school, Joe moved on. So I guess the first sort of five years of my career, everything was everything was kind of a bit unexciting and a bit uh, lacking inspiration. And then, and then suddenly things changed for me. Things changed for a couple of different reasons. One, 
Joe found that the deliver some things from a textbook and then just let the students work style of teaching wasn't that effective at her new position. And two? It was around that time that I joined Twitter and, and started going online and finding out this whole other world of maths education. Joe may be the most passionate advocate of Twitter I have ever met. And I include myself from back in the Favestar Everything is a Joke weird Twitter days. One of the big reasons Joe loves Twitter so much is the sense of being a part of a bigger mathematics education community that it brings. There's huge amounts of maths teachers who, like me, will just kind of in an evening or a weekend just go on there to chat to other maths teachers. From the way she describes it, math education Twitter sounds like a super useful community too. Oh, has anyone got a, an activity for this topic? And, and you kind of get, you get inundated with replies and people sending you links, which is just so much nicer than kind of Googling it. You know, you could get those kind of personal recommendations and you find all these hidden gems all the time. It's enough to almost make me, someone who definitely isn't a math teacher, want to join in. I found that it's, it's, it's the enthusiasm and the willingness to share ideas is really quite inspiring. Of course, it is still Twitter though. So... Not everything is always copacetic. You know, there's there's people who argue and 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 disagree about the best ways to teach, and and sometimes it gets it gets heated. But for Joe, it's worth putting up with this occasional negativity to be a part of this Twitter community, a community which sometimes even manages to escape the internet. And then the other thing that came along with Twitter is that as soon as I joined it, I started going to events because you sort of join Twitter and you see these conferences and, and all these these things advertised. And they're often at the weekends. And as soon as I started going to those, then I felt like I was part of a community of actual people and not just people online. Since she was so positive about the effect Twitter had on her teaching practice, I had to ask Joe if she had any advice for a mathematics teacher who may be listening. This is what she said. If you join Twitter and you just follow a couple of maths teachers, then Twitter will start suggesting other maths teachers to follow. And you can then you, you very quickly have a whole load of maths teachers you can follow. And then and then, you know, if you if you start replying to their stuff or if you start if you make something yourself and, and you and you tweet one of these people and say, hey, I made this thing, have a look at it. And um, then suddenly it won't be long before you find you're really immersed in this community. Twitter isn't the only online mathematics teaching activity Joe takes part in. She's also the author behind the popular mathematics teaching blog, Resourceaholic. Before going too deep, though, let's hear Joe's explanation of what she means by a resource. When I say res resource, I kind of mean tasks or activities or, or worksheets or um, ideas that you can use in the lessons. Even though she now runs a website devoted to interesting resources from around the web, Joe didn't start off teaching with them. I used to teach just from the textbook, and then I had a... I had I had a moment where I had a trainee teacher in my school and I saw her at the photocopier and she was photocopying a really lovely activity for trigonometry and it and it's called trig pile up it's a it's a worksheet but it's got a load of triangles piled on top of each other and and you have to use just right angle trigonometry to work out the length of the hypotenuse at the top or something but you have to start from the bottom and work your way up and everything links really nicely and it's a really lovely colorful resource and it's and it's really engaging because it's kind of like a puzzle but you you're just practicing and that was the moment where i realized there's this whole world of lovely resources out there 
but teachers don't know where to find them or teachers spend ages looking for them. This not knowing where to find these resources became one of the driving ideas behind Joe's blog. I just give teachers quick, easy access to what I think are the sort of nicest resources available for their teaching. One of the main ways that Joe accomplishes this goal is through what she calls resource libraries. For example, there's a page on algebra. And if you go to the algebra resource library, which are in tabs across the top, so they're very easy to find, then I've listed for every topic um, all my favorite kind of worksheets and activities. So people use that every day to find things for their lessons. These resources that Joe provides, they go beyond the classroom too. So for example, I list events that people can go to, or I can I list uh, trips they might want to take their students on. Um, and I and I sort of have, it's kind of like the information part of my blog. Joe also writes blog posts about topics like the things she's tried in class or historical mathematics textbooks. But her most popular posts are called Five Maths Gems. And there have now been a hundred three of them. I call them Five Gems. And it's five... Uh, things I've seen on Twitter that I think other maths teachers will like to see. So it might be a puzzle, it might be an a, a activity, it might be just a, a cool little maths thing that um, that I think teachers don't know about. So it, I, I, I really enjoy writing those posts um, because I get to do a whole variety of stuff in there and it's, and it's just a quick kind of, here are five things you might not have seen. As for where Joe finds all these resources, beyond Twitter and the one she makes herself, of course, well, I bet you can guess one of the ways. Because I'm an actual teacher um, and I'm still planning lessons, that means that when I'm planning my lessons, if I can't find something great for a particular topic, um, then I will go and, and look for it online. The probability that you can guess Joe's other main method likely relies not just on whether or not you are a math teacher, but whether or not you are a UK math teacher. Now, I'm sure those of you who fall within that very specific population are likely shouting Tez at the top of your lungs right now. And you'd be right. For those of you who have no idea what Tez is, it's a UK-based company which provides support for teachers. And one of the ways that it provides this support is through their community resources section, where teachers can upload the resources that they use in their lessons. And as is the case with any open community, it can often be hard to figure out which are the very best resources available through Tez. Thankfully, Tez has figured out a way to make sure that the very best things do get noticed. If you imagine a teacher who's not been teaching too long and they've, they've made something for their own class that they, they really like and it went really well, and then they think, oh, it might be nice if other teachers use this. And what they'll do is they'll go and load it onto Tez. And then if it weren't for our team of reviewers, then it might be that no one ever sees that because there are you know, tens of thousands of resources on Tez, hundreds of thousands of resources. So that might get lost. But the idea is that our little team of reviewers, we go on and we look at all these new resources that have been added and we find these little gems. And, it, and it's, it's just really nice for those new teachers who have never added something before to kind of get some, get some feedback and get a, a sort of nice review saying this was a really helpful thing to share. And if Joe really likes one of these resources that she's reviewed, she's of course going to add it to Resourceaholic as well. This community of sharing, though, is a bit of a miracle, as the way that the UK structures their exam grading doesn't exactly incentivize sharing. In a way, we're all in competition with each other as math teachers. 
because the the grades that they award in this in this country at age 16 and grade and and age 18 the sort of uh, the the qualifications that they award are pretty much done on on a normal curve so you know if if the whole country gets better at teaching maths then it doesn't mean that our our students will will get better grades because the, basically the the curve just moves up so you know they'll always give the top 3% of the country the top grade um, and if we all share our resources and all the schools around us get better, then it means that our own students don't have an advantage. So you could argue that we're all in competition with each other, which means we shouldn't collaborate. But that's sort of a really sort of unpleasant way to think about it. Thankfully, teachers aren't really an unpleasant bunch. Collaboration makes us a sort of happier community and it makes us it gives us this sort of lovely job satisfaction and this feeling of belonging. So we have to sort of put to one side the fact that we're we're essentially competing with each other. Joe lives this very connected and online life as a teacher. But as important as it has been for her, this still isn't the norm for most teachers. Something Joe's new job has really illustrated. I have an unusual job for a math teacher. Just for this year, I have a role where I go into schools and support teachers. So I have sort of two or three schools that I visit regularly. And I go and observe teachers and I help them out. And and it really it's really very apparent from the first day I started doing this that that none of them are aware of my blog and uh, and don't use it to find resources. Um, that that many of them will kind of discover something. So they'll say to me, "Oh, I'm using a resource from they might say from Pixie Maths or MathSpot." Now these are really, in my mind, very well known resources in this country. But and these teachers are saying, oh, I found I found this website, and I think, how can they have just found it? I've known about it for five years. I've used it all the time, um, and it does make you realise that yeah, that there's a huge amount of maths teachers in this country just don't know about these things that can really save them time. Well, being online and connected has given Joe this great community to be a part of, and led to her current position, and definitely transformed the way that she teaches there's still a price that she has to pay. Um, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, it's overwhelming. And, and I kind of, um, it, it does make me feel, I know it makes me anxious at times. I feel like it becomes something where, where it feels like such an important part of my life. Whereas if I actually step back, it's like, well, you know, I could give that up and, and, everything, and everything would be okay. And this is something which only comes into starker relief for Jo when she thinks of it in the context of her children. I hope that what I'm doing to them, I'm doing with them is I'm showing them that that I can I can be their mum and I can have a, um, a a career that's important to me and that I'm passionate about. And I, I hope I'm kind of being a kind of inspirational career woman to them. And that's kind of something that I think about a lot. Having now spoken with Joe and heard her passion for mathematics education, I don't think that she has anything to worry about. Her children will hear exactly that. I do want to close on a slightly different note, though, specifically with the story of a side effect of Joe being so active in the online mathematics education world that she definitely did not see coming. Specifically, being invited to participate in the A Periodical's Big Internet Maths Off, where she did better than I did and made it to the second round. I, I struggle to call myself a mathematician, even though I spend my days doing maths, but it's very much school level maths. So for me to be invited to take part in that was was really, really nice for me because it made me sort of feel like, you know, I'm a part of the 
maths teacher community but to, to sort of be kind of joining a, a kind of mathematician community which I see as, as, as sort of joined but slightly separate um, that was really exciting. Joe, I, I want to thank you so much for giving me your time today and talking to me about mathematics education, a topic I spend way too little time thinking about. Well, thank you. It's, it's been a pleasure. And, and I always enjoy talking about maths education. So anytime. And that is all the time we have for this episode of Relatively Prime. I want to thank Joe Morgan for taking time out of her life to speak with me. Make sure that you check her out on Twitter at MathsGem. That is Maths, J-E-M, and at Resourceaholic.com. I also want to thank Lowercase N for the music you heard in this episode. You can find more of their music over at lowercasein.bandcamp.com or on the show page for this episode on relprime.com. But most of all, I want to thank all of my patrons on Patreon. Without y'all, this show just wouldn't be around so thank you so much because i love making this and without you i couldn't so you are all the best if you want to join them in supporting the show head on over to patreon.com slash relprime or relprime.com slash support and if you support the show at the bonus feed or above level you will get access to my uncut conversation with joe where there's a lot that i was not able to fit into this episode Finally, Relatively Prime is created under Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license. So please feel free to recut it, remix it, reuse it however you want. Just make sure that you got the original audio from Relatively Prime. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I hope that all of your weeks are matherific.